This episode of Talking Football is brought to you by Nectar CBD. CBD helps provide relief for anxiety, depression, and other health issues. So whether it's helping you focus on a hard project or helping you fall asleep after a busy day, which I definitely know about, Nectar CBD can help you live an elevated life by alleviating some of the biggest distractions you face daily. That's right, everyone. So head over to NectarCBDProducts.com and use our promo code TFP15. Again, that's NectarCBDProducts.com and our promo code TFP15. What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Just Trees coming to you today with another episode of Talking Football. Plenty of free agent news going around. Combine is continuing on this week. All the weightlifting took place yesterday. The measurements the day before. Boys and girls, we are ready to go. Plenty of around the laces. Tree Sivia and Who Am I, though, is what we're going to do to start the show with a big announcement at the end. We discussed it a little bit last episode, but we're going to go back to it again. And then, of course, the AFC North free agent options for those teams but first off before we get into all of that old tree sevia to start the show just like normal baby <laughs> just like normal uh it's actually really awesome austin that i was thinking i guess both of us were thinking man this this month might slow down a little bit before free agency like ramps up but throughout the week as we're making our rundown our list just gets longer and longer and longer today it's the longest it's been in months. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> a long-ass list. We recorded 48 hours ago, so it's been a busy two days. <laughs> um, but you're right. Let's start off with some games for everybody. Now, I'm actually going to start off with Who Am I first. So, oh, a little mixeroo, eh? Yeah, absolutely. All right, here we go. Uh, let's see here. I've won a Super Bowl. I went to UMass College. I have a 99-yard touchdown. And I do a mean salsa. Victor Cruz. Damn it. I knew that was going to give it away. Fuck me. I knew it was Victor Cruz when uh, Super Bowl UMass. I was like, who's a UMass guy? Because I was like, well, it ain't the kid at (laughs) freaking the Cardinals because he's a rookie. So, All right. Okay. Good for you. One to what? I had two. So we're going to go with another one real quick. <laughs> Fuck you for not having to run through the whole league this time. Yeah, yeah. You're going it again. Fast. It was too fast. All right. There have been – there are two quarterbacks in NFL history that have started every single game in each of their first eight seasons. Who are those two quarterbacks? They've started every game. One is Philip Rivers. Nope. Wow. Remember, he sat behind Drew Brees. Oh, so like since they his, started their career. His first, their first eight seasons, they did not miss a game. And their quarterbacks? And their quarterbacks. No way they're still like they're playing right now. Uh, one is, yes. Damn it. Is one Eli Manning? No, actually. Wow. Not Eli Manning. Um, definitely not Ben Roethlisberger. I already said uh, Philip Rivers. 
but one is still playing. So, so th- clearly, they're still starting then, correct? Uh, one is still starting, yes. All right, time to run through the freaking league, boys. Here we go. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Cam Newton hasn't been in the league eight years. And also hasn't played all of these games. That's He's very true. That's very true. Matt Ryan. Nope. Damn it. I thought I would have put a lot of money on that. Not Russell Wilson. Yes, Russell Wilson. Really? He's already played eight years? Yep. Wow. Hey, look at me go. Look at me go. Fourth fourth guess. Maybe six, but you know. <laughs> okay, so that's one of them. Who's the other one? Retired. Yeah, he's still, what would you say, retired? Yes. Peyton Manning. There you go. Nice hey. Job. Hey. I like it. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, you did a really good job on that. You did a really good job. So let's let's go over, let's recap them real quick. Victor Cruz won a Super Bowl, went to UMass, does a mean salsa, has a 99-yard touchdown. Guessed it right off the freaking bat. Props to me. Pat myself on the back. Victor Cruz. And then the other one was started the first, they've started every game in the first eight years of their career. One is Russell Wilson, who's still currently in the NFL, and the other is Peyton Manning. Yes. Very nice. Okay, so now we're going to do the real Trisivia now. All right. Okay. All right. I doubt you have a pen, but uh, we're going to just uh, – you have a computer that you can type things in, so that's a nice thing. All right. Two quarterbacks, and I want to know who you'd rather have. Uh, This is going off of last year's stats. Okay. Quarterback A, 3,271 passing yards, 21 touchdowns, six interceptions, 60.6 completion percentage. Okay. 91.2 passer rating. 91.2? Yep. Okay. Quarterback Quarterback B? B. 3,722 passing yards. Okay. Uh, 20 touchdown passes. 12 interceptions. 64.4 completion percentage. 87.4 passer rating. Okay. Um, player B started every game of the season. Player A did not. Okay, player B started every game. Is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo? It is not. Damn it. 20 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. We Who were our last guys? Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield? Yes. So they're clearly out of the running here. Correct. Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott, clearly out of the running here. Yeah, I'm not going to do any more of those two. Thank God. <laughs> Get them out of here, bro. Matt Ryan, one of them? He is not. Drew Brees is not one of them. Drew Brees is one of them. No, he's not. 3,271 yards, but did not start every game. 21 touchdowns and six interceptions. But did not start every game. Is it Ryan Tannehill? It is not. Good guess, though. 
Okay, good guess. Jacoby Brissett, is that quarterback B, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions? Uh, no, and Jacoby Brissett did not start every game. He missed a game with injury. But, but it's, he's not either of them. Okay. Let me focus on quarterback A, on who didn't start every game. Daniel Jones. No. Very good guess, though. God bless it. That doesn't help me. Very good guess is all I hear. Sam Darnold, quarterback B. No, he also did not start every game. I'm at quarterback A, but still no. Yeah, still. God bless America. Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, I'm trying to give you hints when I tell you very good guess, like to think about what that person is. What, a second-year starter? I mean, Daniel Jones is not a second-year starter. Rookie starter. Okay. So good guess, but no. In the division, within the same division, Josh Allen. Or, or the same year, either one, like whichever way you want to think about it. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Now I'm trying to freaking think back. That's like getting a frenzy here of just running through quarterbacks <laughs> in the league. What year they're drafted is erased out of my mind right now. Because yeah. I'm thinking team and division. So it's just not helping. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins. There ain't no way through 12 interceptions. There's ain't no way through 3,000 yards. Shit, that was good. That was good. Kyler Murray. What the hell am I thinking? Kyler Murray is player B. Really? Really. Wow. 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 3,700 yards passing. Yep. That is your first year. Yeah. And quarterback A did not start every game. Nope. Okay. Um... You want another hint? Yeah. He started 12 games. Fantastic. It's not Minshew, is it? It is Minshew. Didn't we do Minshew just last time? We did. So he was a who am I with uh, not Ah. an interception for 12 uh, over 21-yard passes. Look at that. So now it's which one would you rather have? I wish we, we should have gone over this before you knew the names. Yep. Um, I mean, you throw 500 yet less yards in four less games. You throw half the interceptions. You have a better quarterback rating. But but completion percentage is down. Like 4% is quite Yeah. Bad. I don't know. Like, I look at it on... Like, in the long-term run, like, I can't think of I can't think of it like that. I need to think of going off numbers last year, yeah. who would I rather have leading my team, right? Yeah, because long-term, it's obviously Kyler Murray. Really? I think so. Like, long-term, like, I think, like, just to – maybe not, actually. I don't know. Like, just, like, his ability for running and, and all that, like, you'd think Kyler Murray. But also, at the same time, maybe not. I don't know. That's actually a hard question. Yeah. So kind of where I'm at then, I mean, if you have I – mean, if the only thing you're less than is completion percentage and 500 yards, 
I mean, I, don't, I guess like you had a better season, like four more games. If you don't get those taken away from you, I mean, you probably, or I guess three, right? No, three and four. a half. Three and a half. Yeah. I mean, who knows what you do? Yeah. Who knows what you do? I mean, you're averaging 300 passing yards per game. I mean, three and a half, that's almost a thousand yards more. You're averaging almost two touchdowns per, you are averaging two touchdowns per game. So, you know, another six to seven there. So you'd be at 28 touchdowns over 4,000 yards. Add a couple of interceptions, say nine, even though that's not, it's probably closer to eight. Yeah. So you'd have 500, 600 yards more passing, eight more touchdown passes, still less interceptions. Completion percentage would still probably be down. Pass rate would be, would be up. Yeah, I would probably take Minshew then, honestly. Okay, here's another question for you. If we were redoing last year's draft, what round does Gardner Minshew, Minshew go in? Round one. Where in round one? Probably before Haskins. Yeah. Does he go before Daniel Jones? I don't think so. I think with uh, with what Gettleman saw and what Shermer saw, like I mean, th- that was their guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's so like an Eli Manning apprentice 15. right there. You're saying top fifteen pick? Yeah, I think okay. that's fair. Yeah, it's always an interesting thought to me, like where it's for me, and I'm sorry, but we're going on a little Jaguars tangent here, where it's like everybody's like, is Gardner the guy? And if Gardner Minshew was a first-round pick, I think everyone would be like, that was a way successful year. But in since he was a round six pick, it's even though it should be even more so a way good year, it's, yeah, but he was a six-round pick, and, like, is he could he really do it again? Is he the guy? Like, he wasn't a top pick for a reason. But, like, look at like, – Cardinals fans are pumped on Kyler Murray's year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's similar to what, what the Browns were with Baker Mayfield that year one. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, anyway. But you, your example that you got right there with Minshew and Jaguars fans is the same thing Cowboys are having with Dak. Like, uh, I mean, he's a third rounder. Like, do we give him this much money? Yeah. The answer is yes. The answer is yes, absolutely. So, all right, cool. I mean, there we go. That's who am I, Trisivia, for the week now. I guess since this is episode two of the week, um, we will move on to just around the laces. We got a lot of stuff to go through, so we're going to probably speed up a little bit because I took up a little bit too much time there. I apologize. Um, I need to apologize. First one, Ron Rivera coming out uh, yesterday, for those of you who are listening to this now, uh, and saying they're bringing in Joe Burrow and Tua for visits and for conversations. And that it's not just for just to say they did it. It's truly to check it out. And he's saying it's not because we're giving up on Dwayne Haskins. We really believe in Dwayne Haskins. But it would be wrong for the team and organization if we did not do our due diligence on these guys. I mean, absolutely. You're coming in with a new front staff, with a front office. You're coming in with a new head coach, coaching staff, training staff. Like, everything is pretty much new right now. With what you've had before really haven't had that much to be excited about, right? You haven't really had that much to build off of. So right now what you do here is you go interview these guys and you bring them in and you meet with them and you just kind of go, where are they at compared to the guy we got now? Because if they're already ahead of him, 
then yeah, we should probably move on. But if he is ahead of them and you know what I mean, communicates better, shown better leadership, then hey, let's just stay put. Let's go get a premier edge rusher, probably the one of the best we've seen in a long time outside of Miles Garrett and Vaughn Miller, right? Like this guy's gonna come in and make some noise and I'm not forgetting about the Bosa brothers either. But I mean this dude is elite, and he's going to be very good. He's very athletic. He's a freak athlete. But if you look at the quarterback position, I mean, that's what's going to lead your team, whether you want to believe it or not. It's going to be hard to have a guy come in and lead your team that maybe not everyone trusts in. So you just kind of check out and see where you're at, and then you go from there. So I think this is a smart decision. I think it's good for Ron Revere as well to kind of see how Haskins reacts to it, how does the team respond to it. It's, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the Redskins handle themselves going into this next year and through this entire process with free agency and through the draft. Yeah, exactly. You said it perfectly. And, yeah, Young is probably in, like, all our era of football, right? He's probably the second best prospect at, as a pass rusher behind Von, Von Miller, right? Like, I think he's right in line with Garrett. I would probably have them tied at number two. And then the Bosa brothers are under them, but like still obviously very, very good. No mm-hmm. disrespect to being literally fourth or fifth best prospects at a position in the last 15 years. It's uh, pretty impressive. Um, But like another thing for me is like a lot of people don't realize this, or maybe a lot of people do, and I'm just naive. Like you can't bring in as many players as you want for visits during the draft process. You only get, I think it's 28, maybe it's 30, but you, you only get X amount of players to come in for a visit. Obviously you can talk to them at the combine and whatever senior bowl, whatever uh, pro days you can do it. But like for them to come to your facility and have meetings, you only get a select few. So if they brought both of them in, that shows that they are truly interested. Yeah, I mean, there's a strong possibility that two goes, I mean, number two. If if he looks well and he does well and he interviews well, I don't know. Yep. Like, there's just a part of me that could see it, and if Joe Burrow talks himself or finds a way out of Cincinnati, do the Redskins feel like they have enough to get up to that number one spot? Or to be like, hey, let's just trade spots. Let me throw in this or that. Uh-huh. Because if you're coming up from two to one, you know what I mean? The Bengals are like, fine, just freaking take Burrow, we'll take, you know what I mean? It's not as much damage to go from two to one to one to two. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, we also just got done making fun of the Bears for trading up from three to two last episode, but. (laughs) Well, that's because, like, the 49ers weren't going to be drafting Trubisky. Yeah, but if you're saying that the Bengals just don't want to draft Joe Burrow, they should just not draft Joe Burrow. So, I mean, what are you saying then? I'm just saying that it, what if the Bengals just took Tua? And then it, and then if Burrow's there at two, then obviously the Bengals just take – they have to take Burrow at two if he falls. So, okay, wait. So you're telling me if the Bengals draft Tua? Yes. I'm saying you skip off out on Young basically no matter what and you take Burrow. Yeah. I guess. Lions fans would be fucking ecstatic. This is fucking draft day movie all over again. We should move on. I mean, on. They'd mess, they would mess it up and take someone else. <laughs> we're, still, we're still taking Jeff Akuda. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Giants are like, well, shit, what do we do here? 
they stick they stick with their plan. They go offensive linemen. <laughs> this is draft day, literally to a T. And now the Dolphins are on the clock, and they get the quarterback they wanted in the first place. Who? Joe Burrow, in that case. <laughs> I thought Joe Burrow just went two. No, we just said, what if... Oh, I guess we did say that, didn't we? Sorry. <laughs> I'm all mixed up. No, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. We said, we said, what if Tua went one, and then at Burrow two, went two. No, we said, what if they just stuck to it and went young at two, and then three was Jeff Fakuda. Oh no, we did because then we said he'd skip it. Never mind. I'm sorry. I'm all confused now. I uh, just threw it all off. We had something going there. We, we had did. something nice going on. And now it was a great moment. Time. And here you come. Dude, we talk about way too many players. I'm lost. Let's just move on. Hey, preach, brother. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Uh, McCarthy came out today and said, Dak is our guy. No shit. Thank you, McCarthy. <laughs> just because you've been out of football for a year doesn't mean you just come back and just start saying stupid shit. We understand he's your guy. Like, we get it. But they did say all contract negotiations with him and Cooper are on hold until after the CBA vote for the players. That's supposed to be happening today and tomorrow. Well, I think it happened yesterday, and they voted no, right? They haven't officially voted no yet. Oh, I thought I saw the players voted no. I have not seen that. I see a whole bunch of players on Twitter saying no, but I've not seen that they have officially shot this down yet. Gotcha. Well, I saw Aaron Rodgers post a tweet with like um, his whole written out statement on why he voted no, which yeah. I think is fair. Yeah. Um, but my thing here with McCarthy saying like Dak is his guy, I mean, I think that's going to show more than what, you know, Rule is doing and then what Rivera is doing. I mean, at least he's coming out and be like, hey, like, I don't want anyone else but Dak. It's kind of the reason why I wanted this job. It's the reason I came down here and I stayed at Jerry Jones' house and let him talk and listen to him talk about how he got in the oil business for two hours. When in all reality, I was ready to fucking go to bed. <laughs> in my mind, I think that's why McCarthy's like, yeah, Dak's my dude. Trust me, should have heard the conversation. Freaking snooze fest. But then with Cooper and him putting contract negotiations on hold, I think that's fair as well. Just because Jones is probably, you know, the main contributor in his meetings with kind of what the owners are wanting to do. In my mind, I feel like that's kind of how he's always been with money and making sure the owners get their fair share and or honestly gets whatever he wants. Um, so for them, for this, it's, it's really like, OK, how much money do we actually have to spend on these guys? How much more can we give them? How much less can we give? And then how much more do I get to keep in my pocket? Because if they if he. Like what? Dak wants forty million a year, or thirty-five a year? That's what that number was. Yeah, forty. If Jones can do that and still make, you know, keep another sixty-some million in his pocket, he's probably gonna be like, huh, let's sign this deal right now. But when Dak's, he's gonna be like, whoa, hey, let me take forty then. So I, there's just, I think those could be a key part, and I know that's a huge swing on millions of dollars that I'm talking about there. But I think that plays a key part in on. Do we get more or less money with this deal? Who does it help more? Where do we go from here? Because if you sign both of those guys and you still got money left over, you can go get another big piece in, I guess, free agency, right? The following year. Like you yeah. kind of figure out where your team's at after this deal. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Hopefully that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, it made total sense. Sweet. I got it. Um, let's see. O- other news. 
Uh, Alec Ogletree just got released by the Giants. Uh, and Austin, before the uh, podcast started, wanted to make sure everybody knew. Um, future chief, right? I mean, I think it makes sense. Kind of getting to the back end of his career. He's made some good money. Speedy linebacker, right. smart, led the defense before. So the Chiefs can go get him for a good deal, bring him in, proven veteran. Kind of reminds me of like an Alex Okafor type deal, right? Was kind of picking him up in free agency. That's just kind of what I see that. A guy you kind of draft that not a lot of people look at as a big name, but can make impact plays and be a difference for your team. I think this is one of those guys right there. I think this is a Brett Veach type guy. He knows at linebacker they need speed. And if Ogletree doesn't get picked up early in free agency and somehow makes it all the way through to the draft and the Chiefs aren't able to get a speedy linebacker that they desperately need, maybe he goes, hey, let's find a way to get this guy on the team. That's just kind of where my mindset is with it. Got it. No, that makes sense. And we kind of talked about, like, yeah, he's at the end of his career. Maybe he doesn't care about as money as much, especially because he's made a lot of money. He had a huge deal with the Rams, which is why he ended up yeah. getting traded to the Giants because they didn't want to pay that deal anymore. So, Another team, just real quick, the Oakland Raiders. I can just see that for sure. Yeah, I also could see the Baltimore Ravens. God bless it. So That defense doesn't need any more help. <laughs> it doesn't. It's so good. Um, another guy that we talked about pretty often uh, a couple episodes ago, Austin Hooper. Uh, they came, The Falcons came out and said, we are letting him test the market, uh, as well as Campbell, the outside linebacker. Both of them, they're letting them taste, uh, test the market. And uh, Austin Hooper is going to get a payday because he had a career year last year and before he got hurt. I mean, even with him being hurt, he still had a career year. And I think a lot of teams are going to want him. And I have a team that I think is going to. You mentioned the uh, – Sorry, Patriots, a couple episodes of Hitco. I mm-hmm. am not because I said Hunter Henry there. I'm not going to spoil where I think he can go. But Ooh. during our process of uh, free agent hits, I will mention his name somewhat shortly. Not today. I already know where you're going. I already know where you're going. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tiger. <laughs> I don't know what that, I don't know what you mean by that, but uh, all right, moving on along. Uh, other news: Bill O'Brien not calling plays in 2020. That might be the best thing for the Texans besides not making him the general manager. Yeah. And like my mindset, like I don't. I said last year when we started this podcast, when we went over like coaches that are potentially on the hot seat, and I said Bill O'Brien. And you come back and told me, ah, I don't know, they love him down there in Houston. I saw a lot of people give up on his ass through the year and in the playoffs. His ass has got to be on fire. I'm talking Alicia Keys. I am on fire. Or right there. Bill O'Brien. Uh, yeah, you're probably right, but I don't think I was wrong at that time. No, I'm not saying you are wrong, yeah. but He's I mean, still there. <laughs> when you make, <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> when you put it, <laughs> oh, it caught me off guard. That was good. <laughs> Fudge. Okay, when you're a head coach and you're calling plays, and you're like, all of a sudden your next move is putting another guy in charge to like make the play calling for you. 
I think that's when you kind of know you're you're feeling it get warm. You know what I mean? Your your face is starting to get a little sweaty. You're getting hot. Shorts are kind of sticking to you. You got to adjust in the seat because the seat warmer is too warm. This is just kind of what I'm seeing here with Bill O'Brien going, all right, I got to get someone else in here to call plays. And then this also might show Deshaun Watson like, damn, Bill O'Brien does suck at calling plays. Because, I mean, he's been kind of vocal, like, oh, he's a good play call. You know what I mean? I trust him. As long as he's here, I'm happy. Well, you also really haven't seen anything else outside of Clemson where they obviously didn't do a good enough job of, like, teaching you progressions and reads in the college level because in the college world, it's like, this guy's going to be open here, throw it in the open spot. If he catches it, cool, let's go. The NFL, they kind of explain everything further. So to him, it's like, wow, look at Bill O'Brien do this. If Tim Kelly comes in and gets everyone open every play, Sean Watson's going to go, yeah, maybe I'm kind of done with old Bob here. I'm done with the old B.O.B. And that'll be interesting for the Houston Texans moving forward with no general manager and head coach at the same time if this takes place in week seven of next year. Yes, it very much would. Uh, what else we got? Matt Rule coming out and saying he expects Cam Newton back and with the Carolina Panthers. We've been very vocal about on this episode or this podcast that last year, last offseason, we were saying that Cam Newton is probably going to be his last year. And then once the season ended and the heat started like coming up that he might be gone, both of us were like, wonder what? I think we're flipping to the other side now and saying maybe it makes sense for him to stay. Um, and I think it does make sense for him to stay just with what they're trying to do there. Also, you know, someone like the Chargers does make sense as well. I'm not saying that doesn't, but, I mean, it's new and exciting in Carolina, and I think that Cam still has that young personality that he could help lead a team as a leader, but still not be, like, the old grouch in a sense. Yeah, I'm trying to, like, I think seeing Cam Newton in Los Angeles would be really fun. I think it would be a lot of fun for him, too, with the old fashioned world, everything like that, being in L.A. I think that would be cool. I just, at the same time, does he fit with kind of what the Chargers have going on? I mean, for me, I think the weapons just fit. Like, he loves to just toss it up, and that's what Mike Williams does. And he's good at, like, these, like, drag routes, these very short drag routes, and that's Keenan Allen to a T. And then if they find a way to keep Hunter Henry, I mean, we've seen what he's done with Greg Olson. That's kind of my question mark there. I mean, if Hunter Henry's gone, that doesn't work out because he relies heavily on a tight end. Yeah, he also just hasn't had weapons like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, though, in his career. Yeah, I mean, I guess he has been dealt. I I mean, you can't even say he's been dealt short receivers. He had Kelvin Benjamin. He just couldn't catch. Or run 10 yards without any... Never mind. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go there. I apologize. On to the next one. On to the next one. Um, Jets. They are in early discussion with Jamal Adams for an extension. Um, amazing how things turn around sometimes. Where it went from week 7. Holy shit, this dude is going to be a cowboy in any minute. To maybe he's a jet for life <laughs> type deal. Like, it, it's just funny how things work out and how money talks and you're willing to forgive certain things when you realize it's a business and all that. So, uh, as a Jets fan, I'd be very happy with this if I was a Jets fan. 
I mean, most definitely. Like, what he's brought to the New York Jets' defense and the mindset that he's kind of brought into that franchise and city, I mean, he's brought a ton of swagger. And you look at him in that New Jersey, and he makes it kind of look really cool. You look at Sam Donald in it, you're kind of like, eh, dude, he looks like a nerd in Jersey that don't really fit too well. And you look at Jamal Adams, you're like, damn, that's pretty badass. That's a weird-looking green, pretty freaking cool. Like, that's just, you know, where I'm at with it in the Jets. I But I think with Jamal Adams, I almost got annoyed with him this last season. Yeah? Like, at some point, I was just kind of like, dude, like, just play. Like, your team sucks right now. I don't know why you're talking smack. Your third, your second, third year in the league. Why do you matter? Like, why are you sitting here talking about, like, oh, the greats don't get talked about in trade discussions? They probably did. There just wasn't everyone snooping out to the media. Yeah. The Jets also went through a huge change. I mean, a lot of it was just him maturing into the role of realizing, too, that, hey, this is a business. This isn't just, you know, play football for fun anymore. Like, this is a true-ass true, true ass business, and I can be gone very quickly. But, like, kind of just going off, piggybacking off what you said, money does talk. And so for them to kind of realize, hey, what he did in the second half of the year to what he is now and ultimately realizing what he's done for this team – it would be nice to see him be a jet for life. I think that would be a lot of fun. If he doesn't end up being a jet for life and he lands somewhere else, that somewhere else is going to be very lucky to have a Mr. Adams on their defense. Absolutely. Uh, Justin Simmons, a guy we talk about quite a bit on this this show. We like the way he plays uh, with the Denver Broncos. Uh, Elway came out today and said, if we do not get a deal done in the next two weeks – we will franchise tag him. He will be back with the Broncos no matter what next season. Nice. Good for so, good for the Broncos. Yep. Very smart decision. I literally could not have done anything smarter, really, with what with that position. So good for him. Uh, another one that I thought was very interesting. Zach Taylor seemed very confident in a response that A.J. Green is going to be a Bengal in this upcoming season. And I thought that was very interesting. And, you know, it's probably just coach talk and stuff. But, like, you also would think that maybe, like, yeah, we're doing whatever we can to bring him back. Like, that's a good answer. And it was, like, I'm very confident he will be with us next season. He's going to be our leading receiver. Is that what he said? Yeah. Huh. Where did you see that at? I didn't see it. Uh, I saw it on Twitter. I don't remember who who posted the actual quote. So I don't. All right. That's all that matters. Source from Twitter. Thank you so much. But I mean, if he does stay, that's good for them. That's good for Joe Burrow. If if they do draft him there, it's good for Zach Taylor. It's good for that offense. One less thing to worry about. Go find yourself a tight end that you can rely on. It's not going to get hurt. Um, And then focus on the draft with your offensive line and your defensive secondary. And uh, you're pretty good to go. Yeah, and sorry, here's the exact quote. We know he's going to be a Bengal come September. Oh, we know. <laughs> Edgy Green's probably like, bitch, you guessed it. I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> bitch, uh, you thought. <laughs> uh, let's see, other talk, just with a lot of uh, coaches getting interviewed and stuff with the Combine, uh, there has been discussions of Sean McDermott and meeting with and the GM. Uh, of the Bills meeting with Josh Norman. Uh, maybe a reunion coming up there. I don't know why they would even be interested. Doesn't make any sense. I saw, I actually saw a very interesting stat the other day that in his first like 
five years of his career, six years of his career, he only gave up 13 touchdowns altogether. In the last three years, he's given up 16 touchdowns. Uh, that's going in the wrong direction, my friend. <laughs> hey, uh, that's that's not a good look there, pal. Uh, really, though, if you're the Bills, I mean, why are you doing this? I don't know. Like, is I it just like veteran leader? Good. Like, is it just veteran depth? You don't have to rely on him to be the main guy. I mean, maybe that's part of it, right? He doesn't have to be the main guy. He comes in, locks the guy down here to there. Is he? He's better in the slot than in, in the outside, isn't he? No, he only plays the outside. For some reason, I thought I saw somewhere where he did well in the slot. He just didn't like maybe it. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I'm from what I remember is like the big discussion was he never went into the slot. I could be wrong. I might be mixing somebody else up, but like to me, like. When a guy's been the guy his whole career, basically, like it's hard for them to like become not that. And so, like, if he came in and was behind Tre'Davious White, like clearly, and not following the guy, like, would that go over well? Like, would there get become tension there? Like, is that unnecessary tension that you're bringing into a locker room? I don't think. I mean, I think if you're Norman, you also kind of have to realize, like, hey. I'm getting beat a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing so hot right now. Yeah. Gave up 13 touchdowns, however many first years of my career. And now I've given up 16 in the last three. I'll take a back seat for a little bit. And then once I start doing good, maybe I'll kind of slowly move my way up to the front, like one seat at a time. It's like that kid on the bus, like when you're coming home from a basketball game and you're trying to scoot up to the pretty girl and you're like you're starting to back and then you kind of hear everyone else have a conversation. And then you slowly just kind of make your way up the bus. So next thing you know, you're sitting right there beside them, and you decided to talk. And then they laugh at your joke, and you're like, hey, I got something going on here. I'm back. I'm freaking back. They they know who I am. That's what he might do. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows, though? <laughs> I love how you, you like that analogy. <laughs> it, was great. it was a great story of your childhood is what it was. Oh, fuck off. It is not. <laughs> I literally thought that that was like what you did or something. That's why you said it. No, man, it's a, it's an analogy, bro. Oh, okay. All right, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Tua Health is coming back clean. He is set to have a full recovery by March 9th, which is very good. Um, Good for him. Everything's going to be clear. He's going to be set. Full, full recovery is huge, especially on a hip. Hope your ankles are doing better. If that's the case and you can have a career in the NFL injury-free, He's going to make some noise, and it's going to be good, and it's going to be different to see a left-handed quarterback back in the NFL. Very much. I'm excited for it, though. We haven't had one in, like, five years now. Yep. Oh, Michael Vick. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Big Ben, video of him tossing the pigskin around. Good for him because he was not cleared to throw just a few weeks ago, so that's a good start there. Love to see it. He'll be back with the Steelers leading that team next year. And then Phillip Rivers. There are now starting to be some serious links to him to either the Raiders or the Colts. Excuse me there. Big yawn. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that right into the microphone. Uh, <laughs> with old Ben Roethlisberger. Hey, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> I do apologize. Uh, with Big Ben throwing the ball after the surgery. I saw someone come out and say, hey, we might have a better Big Ben right now than we did before. And that never, like, really clicked for me. The possibility that, you know, Big Ben could be in better throwing shape now with the 
a fully recovered arm that's been fixed instead of than what he was before. I mean, Big Ben was great before. Excellent. I love Big Ben. I always have. Always been one of my favorite quarterbacks. If he comes in with a clean like a clean elbow and a healthy arm, look out, Jack. He gets himself back in shape. Hey, Steelers are going to be making some noise again because Juju Smith-Schuster looks like excellent right now. Just saying. For Big Ben to come back throwing like that, good for him, good for the Steelers, good for the state of Pennsylvania. Moving on, though, to Phillip Rivers' link to the Raiders. That just kind of goes to our theory of Derek Carr going to the freaking Chicago Bears. Just going to throw that out there. I think it would be stupid of him to go to the Raiders. Why would you live in Los Angeles, move to Florida, then to move to Las Vegas? That doesn't make sense. Why do you want to play for a team in the same division? You're going to have to face your team, which has one of the better defenses in the league. At least one of the best pass rushes. Why do you want to go against that twice a year? You want to play the Chiefs another two times a year. And then you want to play the Broncos, who has a, a pretty decent secondary. And if Drew Lott comes out firing, that division gets even more competitive. And you're on the Raiders. You got a good running back. You got decent receivers. You got Foster Moreau at tight end. Defense needs a lot of help still. I don't know why you do that. I think, I think going to the Colts makes better sense to me than going to the Raiders. That's just my opinion. Yeah, it makes sense. And also to go off of the Broncos, you did not mention how they have two amazing pass rushers as well in Chubb and in Von Miller. That is very true. And excuse me, I'm sorry for that, Broncos fans. Uh, uh, but, yeah. I mean, even the Colts don't make a ton of sense to me, though. And I don't know why, but, like, they just don't. Like, I just don't feel like that – like. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Sure, their offensive line is solid. They have T.Y. Hilton. They have Paris Campbell, who didn't do anything. Like Their number two wide receiver is kind of a mess. Tight end, Jack Doyle is pretty good. Um, they're obviously going to lose Ebron. They're letting him walk. Yeah. Running game is fine with Hines and Mack. Like, it's good. I wouldn't call it great. I wouldn't call it bad. It's It's good. I don't know. Like... And the defense is not great. I mean, I guess because some... have a chance in that division, like the, all four of those teams, mainly three, I think the Jags are behind everybody at this point. But like that division, that division is, I guess, open, you could say. Yeah, I mean, really. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure I saw a report where the Titans are prioritizing Tannehill. Yeah. They Vrabels already says Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and Jack Cochran all can't be re-signed. That's just not going to happen. The Titans are going to try and keep Derrick Henry, but they're prioritizing Ryan Tannehill before the franchise tag deadline. If you're the Colts, you got to go, hey, we got a good offensive line, decent running back. We can add a receiver in this class. We definitely need help at the edge for our defense, and we could probably use another piece in our secondary. You fix that and you put Philip Rivers in there, you might be okay. Am I the only person that just thinks that Philip Rivers is done though? Like he <sighs> he didn't look good last year, and I I don't think it was just because the Chargers' offensive line sucked. Like he made 
bad decisions all year and missed open throws. Just like how we were complaining about Tom Brady missing over open throws, so was Phillip Rivers, if not worse than what Tom Brady was. Most definitely, but a lot of it was also deep drops down the field. I mean, how many drops did Mike Williams have deep down the field? You fair. know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah, even fair. Keenan Allen had some. You didn't really have a tight end. Your offensive line was trash. Like, everyone got hurt on that offensive line. Yeah, I agree on that. For sure. Oh, no. I, the, just, I mean, the defense was also beat up. Like, Darwin yeah. James was out all year. Like, that's a huge part of your secondary. Mm-hmm. Nasir Adderley got hurt, too. Like, your top two safeties are both gone. Yeah. So, I think that plays a huge part in it. So, I mean, there is a part of me that does agree that, like, maybe, maybe Philip Rivers is done. Like, dude, maybe at some point you just got to call it a career. And yeah. you're not going out the way you want to. You definitely deserve a Super Bowl. You're great. I'm going to throw one more piece in there. If he goes to Indianapolis, I hope he's on Pat McAfee's podcast all the time because that's going to be excellent content. Yeah, it would. Absolutely would. We'll lose all of our listeners listeners to it for sure. So, ouch. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just don't – I don't have a fit that I'm like, that's where Phillip Rivers should end up. Like, I feel like we have a good answer for a lot of players. That one, literally no one at this point. <laughs> Like, <laughs> let's see what happens after free agency, though, right? Like, I want to see, like, do the Colts add another wide receiver two option? What do they do at tight end? Do they in- improve their defense in certain areas where maybe Phillip Rivers then feels like, okay, this team can. I can't help this team over the hump. But, like, how it lies now, I don't think he can. I don't think he makes them from pick 13 to a serious playoff contender. So I like, let's just keep going off of that then, um, and then we'll get into our free agent options for the AFC North. Okay. Phillip Rivers. I, I mean, do we have a landing spot for any of the available quarterbacks this year? Andy Dalton, do we have a spot for him? Teddy Bridgewater, do we have a spot for him? Nick Foles, Jameis Winston. I mean, I know Nick Foles under contract, but yeah. you know the Jaguars definitely want out of that contract. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Like, do we see? Like, do we truly look at these guys and go, wow? This team needs him. Like, this team's definitely going to go after him. Like, I just don't think we look at any of these available quarterbacks and go, yeah, this is where they're going to end up. Uh, Yeah, that's fair. Actually, most of the top quarterbacks, I just assume they're going back to their respective teams. Yeah. I mean, Drew Brees is. Dak is. I think Brady goes back to New England. Phillip Rivers obviously is not. Um, Andy Dalton obviously is not. Andy Dalton obviously is not. Uh, so let's think about Andy Dalton here for a second. Like some real options here. Real options. Kind of what I was going off of before. The Raiders trade Derek Carr. Yep. Bringing Andy Dalton. Mhm. I don't know if that makes it any. I don't know if that's an upgrade over Derek Carr. But I mean, I don't know. I'm still, I'm also just. Tampa Bay is going to get one of these guys. Even if they keep Jameis Winston, I think they get one of these vets to sit behind. What? Jameis Winston, yes. Which vet? Like an Andy Dalton. You think Andy Dalton goes and becomes a backup? I think he would start in Los Angeles before he would become a backup. See, I don't – you mean the Chargers, I'm assuming. Yeah. So 
I don't think that the Chargers are even interested in someone like that. I think that they think Tyrod Taylor is just as good as any of them. Real quick, Jacob Eason to the Chargers. Yeah. I don't know why. I just can't get that out of my head. In round two, I assume you're meaning, or trading just back up. Freaking anywhere. That's interesting. It is. Jacob Eason, big-armed guy, can throw it deep, can probably throw it short. Going to throw some picks. They'll be used to it because they have had Phillip Rivers their whole career. Yeah, I mean, Jacob Eason makes sense to the Chargers. See, but then again, like, that's another team that's willing to go young and not want to go with a vet, right? Like, this is a bad year, in my opinion, to be a vet looking for a job at quarterback because the – three or four teams that need a quarterback, there's three or four quarterbacks in the draft, and all of those teams are picking in the top ten, and they're like, yeah, we'll just solve our problems in the draft. Yep. Philip Rivers isn't playing in 2020. That's bold. That's fucking bold. It is bold, but like, I don't think he's going to get what he wants. He's not going to go somewhere where they're like, you're not the starter. He's not well, going to play backup, right? I don't. I'm looking. I'm literally looking at the list of all NFL teams, and I don't see a single team besides the Colts that I could make he can fit there. Which it goes back to our whole topic right now. Of there's rumors of this, and maybe that's just where he ends up. What if he does end up in Tampa? OJ Howard, Mike Evans. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Those they three. draft a running back. Do they need to? I mean, you might as I, is Ronald Jones really the answer? Maybe not, but he had a much better year this year. Like his improvement from year one to year two was huge. If they feel like that he can make true. that same thing to year three, like he's going to be a great run. Like, I shouldn't say great running back. Very very good running back if he makes yeah. the same leap. So like, let's just, say they go in the draft, they get secondary help. And offensive line help. Boom. And then they just say, Jameis, you got two eyes now. See this guy? He uh, He's competing <laughs> with you for a job. Whoever wins gets to start. Uh, the job is not to throw it to the other team. Go. <laughs> yeah. Whoever throws less interceptions in camp, say hello to the starting job. Yeah. Jameis Winston is about to become a check down king. <laughs> uh-huh. For sure. So that made me think immediately, like, that would be a fun hard knocks. Who do you think has hard knocks this year? I think it's a lock to be the Lions. Really? So the owner already – I think it was the owner or GM – already came out and said he's fine with being on hard knocks. And there's certain rules of you have to be in the top 10, drafting in the top 10. You can't be a first-year head coach. And there's another requirement that I can't remember. And and like you can't do it. I don't remember what the other you thing couldn't is. Be in a, you couldn't be a playoff team, of course. But that's also yeah. the top. Top ten, right? Yeah. So I'm just like, I could see the line. And they were so close last year. Like there was actually rumors that they accepted it, but then the Raiders said yes, and so they moved to the Raiders. I don't know. Either way, it's gonna suck. Like we're gonna watch it, and we're gonna, and we're gonna fucking hate it, and it's just gonna be re- like just rinse and repeat this bullshit. Absolutely. Um. You want to just go ahead and get into this bad boy? Let's do it. Let's do it. Free agent options for the AFC North. Pittsburgh Steelers. Where can they use help, Justin Trees? 
this free agency? Where where are they going here? Um, so I mean, there's a lot of this team was. It's actually interesting, right? Because they haven't made the playoffs the last two years, and they've been basically a game out the last two years. If we move to that seven team playoff that they you know tried to do, they would have made the playoffs each of the last two years. Uh, but <clears throat> but for me. I think that edge rusher is going to be a big need. They have TJ Watt, obviously, but they're going to lose Bud Dupree. So they're going to need an edge rusher. I think their defensive line is just getting older. Hayward's still fantastic. Very underrated. Uh, Wide receiver, do you believe that uh, Johnson or Washington can be the number two? Can they take the pressure off of uh, Juju Smith-Schuster? And then tight end. I just don't think that they're very good at the tight end position. I thought Vance McDonald had his opportunity to really step up this year and be the guy. And he didn't do it. So those are kind of my thoughts there. And I think that these guys are willing to spend money. And so, like, who do I think they have? I mean, this one's tough, but I could see them being in the Dante Fowler position i could see them trying to go after him at defensive end uh he's that freak athlete so he could play the outside linebacker in the three four or the defensive end in the three four so i would say someone like that um hargrave is uh, a guy that was already on their team but because they need defensive line i could see them trying to bring back that nose tackle i know that's not very sexy because it's like you're just bringing back a guy but i could see that happening um, do they go after a guy like Robbie Anderson to go opposite side of Juju Smith-Schuster? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's a good fit. I'm just, I'm trying to think here, like kind of going through, like does Brashad Perriman make a fit there? Like, does that make sense? Could. He knows that division. Of, yeah. Uh, what about Leonard Williams? Makes sense. Makes sense, right? A bigger defensive end type guy. They like yeah. their big defensive end guys, and they like to have the outside linebackers be the pass rushers, the more speed rushers. Well, surely they're fine with where their defense is at, right? I think they, I think they're probably fine, but I think they also recognize that they have zero depth whatsoever, and they're getting. Yeah. Old. I think Trey Wayne's makes sense at yeah. corner for them. Um, if you're looking at if you're looking at tight end, I think Eric Ebron, just a decent size at tight end. I just, I don't know. I feel like besides Austin Hooper and, you know, Hunter Henry, like at, at tight end in this free agency, who do you really have? I think Hunter Henry in this offense would be fun. I do think, uh, oh my gosh, Mike Tomlin would have a good time with that. I think that'd be very fun. Um, but I mean, shoot, dude, like, I think what the Steelers are just so good at is just drafting players that can are just plug and play type guys. Yeah, like, they're they very good always at that. been so good at that. And I like looking at this list of free agents, I'm really not just seeing anyone that comes in and just becomes an immediate impact or like game changer for them. Because a lot of their issues last year was just not having Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true though, right? Yeah. Like again. Dude, seventh in the AFC without Big Ben literally the entire year. Yeah, I mean. He didn't even finish a full game. 
trading for Mika Fitzpatrick changed their season. It changed Fitzpatrick's career. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100% did. He was not interested in Miami. <laughs> I am done. Tired of looking at all these plastic people. I'm Get me out of here is what he said. Yeah. All right. Next, the Cleveland Browns. <clears throat> yeah, Cleveland Browns. Uh, some needs that I have. Uh, the entire offensive line. All, <laughs> all five spots. Um, <laughs> safety. Um, and defensive line. Edge rusher. I can see all those. So, um, safety. Haha Clinton Dix is the first person. Damn it. Did you have that? I love the way our brains work. But it also sucks because we just say the same shit. <laughs> Like, I just feel like that's such a good fit for what they're looking for. So, I really like that. Um, offensive line, not for left tackle anymore, because I just don't think he's a left tackle anymore. But Andrew Whitworth, I think, could come here because of just the leadership. And I know he was not very good last year. I understand that. But, like, if you moved him to right tackle or – convinced him to go to guard or something like i just think that like that leadership alone would make that offensive line just so much better like that alone and uh, the weird thing is i would love for them to go andrew whitworth and jason peters i don't give a shit that they're both (laughs) way old like but just the leadership and just guys that have been there guys that have been in the super bowl two two out of the last three years like guys that just have been there know what they're doing I just think that that would be great fits for them. And obviously you don't want to go that old. I understand that. I'm just saying like even just one of them just to get leadership would be huge. I mean, honestly, if you did get both of them, that's great because you get that. We're not putting up with any bullshit in the locker room. Like yeah. You're going to come in. You're going to shut your mouth and we're going to go to work and we're going to win some ball games. Yeah. I know how it's done. I've been there before. I'm older. I can still ball. Let's go, boys. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good fit for them. Um, I think if you want to go defense, though, I'm thinking defensive tackle. They could use some help there to kind of clog up the middle. Uh, Andrew Billings. Yeah. Young kid out of Cincinnati coming into free agency. I think that's a good spot. Uh, you want to stay at the safety position. Kind of an older guy or getting there, maybe in his prime, but Trey Boston, safety from Carolina right now. Um, excuse me. Here's Portland's hitting me hard now. Uh <laughs> Old dinner shit, bro. I'm just struggling this episode. <laughs> Trey Boston, safety from Carolina. Uh, I think that's a good fit for their back end. Really, though, I mean, they got good young corners. They're just injured. Their linebackers are okay. I mean, I I really think you should find a way to keep Schobert. They I think that's my, like, that has to be priority number one for this defensive side of the ball outside of offensive line. Um, but, man, like, you – Get Baker Mayfield to be smarter with the ball. You clearly have receivers in Joku at tight end. I mean, we're just we're all literally just waiting for him to explode on the scene, except for the fact that Baker Mayfield almost broke his neck this last year because he can't throw to a fucking open running back. He's got to break his tight end's neck. Saw that prime time. I'm still pissed about it because Ninjoku was on my friend, my freaking fantasy. Everyone I had in fantasy just fucking f. You know what I mean? Just like didn't work out. <laughs> That's pretty much it for the freaking Cleveland Browns. Let's go to the Cincinnati Bengals and wrap this bad boy up. Uh, we still have the Baltimore Ravens as well. Excuse me, Baltimore Ravens. Let's get to it. <laughs> Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. So uh, needs. I mean, I feel like the defense, as good as the defense was, I also feel like they have a lot of free agents this year. Like 
We talked about Michael Pierce last episode, Jimmy Smith on that. Like they, they have free agents here. So I could see edge rusher, uh, Judon's a free agent. He's like almost certainly to be gone. So they're going to need to make up for those sacks. Uh, linebacker, everybody talked about it after losing Mosley. Like that's a big loss for them. And then, and then probably just interior line or, or wide receiver. Uh, their wide receivers, like that was a big topic. They ended up taking uh, Hollywood Brown in the first round last year. I still think that they need a big, a big bodied wide receiver. And so uh, those are kind of the needs I have there. Who I actually have, like this team's actually tough to like plan for overall. Um, because I just don't know how much money they're going to spend. And I know I, tr- I'm trying not to use the same guys, but I used them earlier. But uh, Leonard Williams, I think, would be a great fit on this defense. I think that he would fit in very well there. Uh, DJ Reader as well, and also another defensive end. Both of those guys are kind of who I was thinking about. Linebacker, I'm just trying to decide on like what they actually need here. Like, do they actually need like somebody that can like come in and like a Blake Martinez that had a great year? Mm-hmm. Do, do, do they yeah. need something like that? Or is it more like, hey, we just need like a young body in there? That one's a tough one for me. So um, for me, just the edge rushers were those two guys in Reader and the other one. So yeah. So with me, uh, I got two outside linebackers for him that you're really gonna have to pick one or the other because I think both these guys are gonna get paid. Uh, Dante Fowler and then Shaq Barrett. I think Shaq Barrett's a name we really haven't talked about at all through this entire like segment of our episodes. But Shaq, looking at Shaq Barrett and what he did in Denver, what he produced in Tampa Bay. The Buffalo Ravens are sitting there like, hell yeah, bring him on over. We're going to freaking make him a pro bowler again. Let's roll. I think that makes sense there. Um, I also would not be surprised if they took Emmanuel Sanders at wide receiver. I believe I've used his name before. I think they go get that big body receiver in the draft just because there's so many of them this year, truly. And then you get Emmanuel Sanders to a guy that you know can get open. He's got experience. Help Hollywood Brown and the big receiver that you draft get better at running routes. That's where Emmanuel Sanders comes in. Help bring that attitude, that winning veteran attitude to the team. I think that makes sense to me. I think that's a good fit, and it helps them. Running back, I wouldn't be surprised if they go get someone else, just so Ingram's not the main guy. I think he's good, but, I mean, dude, he had a lot of carries last year, and they, they worked him hard. So I wouldn't be surprised. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. I, no, I just I don't have anyone listed that I think would be good. I'm just trying to think like that's just something that you know I kind of piece in my head like this is a possibility. Yeah, I think that Gus Edwards had a very good year behind him, and I also think that they're going to try to make Justice Hill be the guy yeah. next year. Yes. Right? Like they took Get him in the third round. Like, yeah, I think he's going to be the guy. Another guy, as I was going through a list of just other names that I didn't have assigned to anybody, I was just trying to look through some names. Mike Daniels. Lost year in, with the Lions this year, but used to be on the Green Bay Packers for most people that know him. Uh, uh, maybe a vet that's looking for one last run at a Super Bowl and thinking, I can come in here and just be just a big, nasty defensive end that's trying to stop the run. So I can see that hmm. as well. I like it. I like it a lot. Now, to wrap up this episode and this segment, Cincinnati Bengals, number one on the clock. Picking first in the draft, doo-doo-doo, totally, totally put in the wrong tune there, but you get my point. All right, Cincinnati Bengals are up. Trees, 
We've been talking about a name this whole episode. We've been kind of leading up to it. I've kind of dropped little hints here there. Let's just kind of see what you got going on here for the Cincinnati Bengals. What free agents could potentially find a new home with the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, you're wanting me to say Austin Hooper. What? I didn't say that. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. I'm not. I, it's actually for a different team. So Get out of here. You'll have to, you'll have to wait. Uh, but for me, um, and I, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce his first name, but uh, Vitae, the tackle slash guard for the Eagles. If yes. you watched uh, All or Nothing, he, he steps in uh, when Brooks and uh, Johnson go down. Uh, I think he could be a great fit for this team. An, a vet that's been around, played in a Super Bowl, come and try to protect your new shiny asset in Joe Burrow. Uh, wide receiver is going to be a huge need. It, it is going to be huge. And this is actually where I have Demarcus Robinson as well. I know I mentioned him last episode as well, but I could see him trying to be opposite side of, uh, sorry, what is the Pittsburgh's guy's name? I'm having a brain fart. I, oh, Tyler Boyd. Sorry about that. Uh, Tyler Boyd, opposite of him and Tate, who had a very good year. I could see them saying we want a little bit more speed, even though I know that they have John Ross, but at this point, you can't count on John Ross to be healthy. So maybe you bring in a guy like I like Robinson there. So I like those guys. Uh, they need a defensive end. Um, we talked about this a few times during the season, just uh, how their interior offensive line is or defensive line is great. Uh, we like Dunlap on the outside, but like they're getting older. And I mean, this doesn't get them really much younger because he's still a little bit older, but. Uh, Marcus Golden from the Giants. Uh, before he got hurt, he was having, you know, he was having a pretty good year. Um, and I think that they could go, hey, let's just keep it veteran on this defensive line. We may not be getting super young, but at least we know what we're getting out of this guy. So defensive line, uh, line is there. And then Andrus Pete is my guard that I think that they could go after. They need another. They need interior and at, uh, outside help on the offensive line. Get a guard there in Andrews Pete. Wow. Okay. Um, so I'm going to disagree with a couple things, and I'm also just going to kind of go off a couple things that you said. Okay. I'm looking at the Bengals cap space right now just so I know it off the top of my head here. Yep. If I can get everything to load in time. <laughs> and you can't because here nope. we are. Nope. Yep. $47 million. And let me tell you, we're about to go fucking blow all of it. Okay. Okay. Now, what I want to do is I want to fix my offensive line. I think what you said with Vitae is a very good idea. I'm also thinking my defense needs help in the secondary. Let's go find some people that can help us make our defense better. And I'm going to go right here with two 26-year-olds in Ronald Darby and Mackenzie Alexander. You put two corners right there. They've shown they've shown the ability to cover. We've already talked about how good of a safety they have. And we've talked about their defensive line. So that means in the draft, you clearly go after quarterback. You go after a linebacker because you haven't been able to find one. God knows who, how long. I think your defensive line is fine. <coughs> Your offensive line, we already mentioned Vitae. You also go there 
But your receiver group, this is where I'm disagreeing with you at. I think they're fine at receiver if they keep A.J. Green. You have A.J. Green. You have Alex Eckerson. That's your slot guy that you can rely on. That's kind of like your little mini Wes Welker, Danny Amendola type guy. Tyler Boyd I already mentioned. And then Auden Tate. This is a guy that everyone's just looking over right now. That dude played well last season. Cut a very reliable hands. I didn't really see anyone kind of hating on this kid. Bigger body guy, reliable hands. You put him opposite of A.J. Green with Tyler Boyd and Alex Eckerson. And then what I've been trying to get you to do this whole episode that I thought you were going to freaking do, I've been dropping Eye of the Tiger. I mean, I've been trying to – I almost said, Rawr, you know, in the middle of the podcast thinking that's where he was going to go. You get a tight end right in here for your rookie quarterback, a guy that's proven – Proven the ability to perform at a high level in this league. I mean, let's freaking roll with it, man. Yeah, I don't disagree that they need a tight end because uh, Eifert is just a guy that can't stay healthy anymore. I don't think so, he's going to be on the team. I think they're like, dude, you got to like, we're just going to give you a fresh start because you can't walk on this field without freaking breaking or hurting something. All yeah. jokes aside, like that just kind of sucks, man. But you put Austin Hooper on this team. With Zach Taylor on a with somewhat of a creative head coach, I mean we don't fucking know. We haven't seen shit. Just because he knows Sean McVay gets a head coaching job, must be nice. <laughs> it must be nice. Um, yeah. So I don't disagree with you, which is what I was getting at at the start. It's not who I had in mind, like when I was gonna do this. But yes, absolutely. I mean, hey, if you wanted to go crazy though with forty-seven million dollars, like you could do, and you're not gonna like it. But you could do a Chris Jones and an Austin. No, he ain't going nowhere. I know you're gonna say that, like, and I'm gonna say the same thing about Yanni Ngakwe, and like, it's fine. But like, I'm just saying, like, we're playing the game of free agents, right? So, you we could like 47 million dollars is a lot, and it's gonna be fun because there's a lot of teams out there that we haven't talked about that have a lot of money that it's gonna be. Fun to discuss some of these players. And again, we're talking about a lot of these big name guys, and we're trying to be realistic. I'm not giving all these teams all the, you know, big time players. We're really diving deep into some of these free agents. But you're right, though. Like the Bengals, they're going to have this new shiny toy in a head cut, or sorry, in a quarterback. They're going to need to make some ma- major changes. Obviously, you're the number one pick for a reason because you just weren't very good. So. Uh, and yeah, you don't build great teams in free agency. Like you just usually don't, but it can be done in short periods of time while your quarterback is kind of learning how to be a pro. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. I think that's it for everybody. And yep, that's all four. So there we go. Uh, one big announcement. So tomorrow when this comes out on the 27th, um, Austin, I would also like to say, uh, congratulations. Uh, on Friday, the 28th of February, it is the one-year mark since we started talking football. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Who so, would have thought? And I can honestly say, not me. <laughs> I can honestly say that. <laughs> uh, especially so, since I thought I was a fucking guest. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> uh, but... But for real, dude, um, amazing year. Uh, I cannot believe now that this episode is done, we have officially made it one year. Uh, I have grown as a football fan learning so much from you. So um, I'm not trying to get all emotional here, everybody. But 
Austin, thank you for uh, everything you have taught me and made me look from a different lens, basically, on certain situations. So um, something I can never repay you for, but thank you very much for that. Well, hey, I appreciate that. And the same can go to you, man. Uh, what you bring every day in your – honestly, your personal life shines brighter than I think you realize. Your work ethic is something I strive to have and strive you know, to just at least – have an ounce of every day because what you do is incredible, man. How hard you work, what you've done, what you've overcome. Like, it's crazy, dude. It's it's awesome to be able to do this with you. It's awesome to have actually developed a true friendship. We've had a lot of serious talks off air. We've had a lot of fun on air. And I truly look at you as, like, you know, a real, a really close friend at this point. Absolutely. Like the, the great time that we had in Mobile, like, dude, that was awesome. Yeah. No. This I, has I been, totally it's been fun that this is a year i can't wait to keep doing it for another however many because yep. dude, this is this is just the start yep and a Man. lot of this goes off to uh, the listeners as well like you guys have been tremendous through this um whether you're new listening whether you just started or you've been here the whole time you guys are awesome yep. I, I truly mean that from the bottom of my heart like we might not have like the a ton of fans you know what i mean but the ones that we have, I appreciate. And what we've built so far has been nice. I think we've kind of – we're starting to finalize our foundation. And, man, we're ready to go up. We are. I think we're set. I think we're solid. And really our main focus now is to just bring more and better content to you guys than kind of what else we're seeing out there. Because we look out and go, why aren't we – like, why are we not doing this? We have discussed this in better ways and explained it in a way – that in my mind, a lot of people understand. I feel like we're we're not wrapped up in trying to make the biggest hot take. Like we try and think of something and then we explain it and we talk through it because we're talking football. And that was just a name we threw out there, kind of just like, oh, we don't fucking know what else to call ourselves. And in reality, I mean, as cliche as this might sound, I think that name kind of found us because yeah. I mean, this is what I love to do. I've loved to do it since I was a kid. Every time I meet someone, I'm like, yeah, you a football fan? They say, no, I ain't fucking talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, CBH there. I, this this has been awesome. This has been fun. This has been huge in my life. It's something I get to look forward to do. Um, and I really don't think I've ever had a moment where, like, damn, I got to record tonight. It's like, hell yeah, let's just record. I got this going tonight. Whatever else is going on, I got talking football. And, hey, this is this is great. This has been so much fun. I appreciate you guys. Treese, I appreciate you, dude. Uh, other than that, I think we're pretty much set for this episode. Once more, thanks for listening. And tonight we've been talking football.